0: welcome to the show. Just love yourself. Everyone everywhere in the self-help world tells you to just love yourself. Just stop being so mean to yourself. Just start being nice. If it were that easy, we probably would have done it, I don't know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30, 40, 50. It's not so easy. And it's absolutely critical to living a life of purpose. It's absolutely critical to being happy. I mean, how can we be happy if we're constantly saying cruel things to ourselves, looking in the mirror and saying, oh, look at my thighs, or yuck, another pimple, another gray hair. Or you're constantly ruminating about the meeting you had yesterday. Oh, why did I say that? Oh, I should have said something different. We cannot be happy. We cannot live our purpose if we do not love ourselves. The biggest question is how, and that is the topic today of the Purpose Girl podcast. I am super excited to introduce all of you to Stacey Hoffer. Stacy is the director, teacher, and a certified self-love guide at The Path of Self-Love School. After earning her master's in leadership development and working in corporate America as a trainer and change management consultant, she received her coaching certification from the International Coaching Academy and founded Soul Alignment Living and through the path of self love school and her own coaching programs and her sacred divine feminine circles stacy has guided hundreds of women to trust their inner wisdom to speak their truth to deepen their self love awaken their own feminine wisdom and live in alignment with their heart and their soul she has been modeling and teaching her two children how to love themselves for the past 10 years and so i am super excited to talk today with self-love expert, Stacy Hoffer. Welcome, Stacey. Thank you. So honored to be here today. You know, as I began my own journey to purpose, what I realized early on is that the journey to purpose has this necessary component at the beginning of self-love. Because to live your purpose is to be your true self. And to be your true self, you have to know yourself, And you have to actually embrace who you actually are as opposed to what everybody else thinks that you're supposed to be. And then you have to love yourself enough to allow the expression of that. So whether that expression is writing a book or that expression is dancing or that expression has to do with your sexuality, each component of living your purpose has to do with self-love. And so there is no greater foundation for purpose than self-love. And that's why today's episode is so important. So Stacey, can we begin by defining self-love? Because I feel like it's one of those words that's like, everyone says it, no one knows what it means, no one knows how
1: to do it. So like, what is it? Yeah, great question. So there's several different definitions of self-love. So I'm just going to start by talking about what self-love is not. Self-love is not selfish, and self-love is not narcissistic, period, end of story. Hmm. In the most simplest terms, self-love is love, the same love that you would give to a child or give to a partner or a family member or a friend. It's that same love, but you're directing that love to yourself. Hmm. I love what you're saying because it's so true. I know that
0: sometimes when I'm engaging in self-love or I talk about self-love, I feel like I have to have this qualifier. Like, well, I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking, right? And because somehow in our society, people think that if you talk about self-love that you're being, you're talking about narcissism. And rather, so so what do we do? Well, then we just beat ourselves up all the time and we're terribly cruel to ourselves. And What's in the middle of narcissism and being cruel to yourself is treating yourself like a child,
1: like with that tenderness and care. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of my favorite tools is just inviting, and if you're listening right now, you can go ahead and do this with me, is just to close your eyes and put your hand on your heart and just think of someone that you absolutely love. It could be a person. It could even be a four-legger, right? And just Feel yourself beaming love to this person, Mm. right? Sending them love and compassion, kindness, only wishing the best for them and that they take care of themselves and that all of their dreams come true. And just like putting a smile on your face and beaming love.
0: I love this. I don't even want to come out of it. it feels so good. Just <laughs> okay, so notice what
1: this feels like. And now imagine whoever it is that you're beaming love to holds up a mirror. And all of that love is now the same love that you have been beaming out to somebody else is now coming all the way back to you. And that you are loving yourself the way that you would Love another person. Mm -hmm. And notice how that feels. Being compassionate to yourself, like you would be compassionate to this person. Being kind and gentle, understanding. Wanting yourself to take radical self-care actions. Wanting you to have all of your heart and soul desires into form. And just notice what's happening in your body. Notice if you're trying to deflect it at all. Right? Even even I, in old patterning, right? My heart starts to beat enough and it's like the, the inner critic was like, what? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm worthy of that much love. I don't know. Like I can give it away, but really that much love to me? Hmm. And it could be really challenging, and I love this really short practice because you can see, especially as women, where we give and we give and we give to others, and self-love is really a practice to pause and give ourselves permission to also receive so we don't become depleted. And as women, we, we give and we give and we give, and it's beautiful, but we need to give and receive to refuel our life force energy, to refuel our energy tanks, to refuel our chalice. That is so
0: beautiful. I had the image as you were so beautifully guiding us through that, Stacey, I had the image of, a baby who when when a baby is on the changing table we give little massage to the calf and we rub lotion all over the baby's you know chunky thighs and feet and I had that same moment of oh, imagining that coming back to me and then feeling like I I don't deserve that or I can't I, I shouldn't I shouldn't ask for that or shouldn't spend money on that and then I went wait a minute, right? Listening to what you were saying, it's so true that we treat others with so much love and so much tenderness, and it's like we have a wall up to receive that back. And receiving, I have been teaching receiving practices, as you know, to my clients for a very long time. And I recently had the experience of realizing that I am not very good at receiving, I thought I was, but I realized that I even, you know, in, in receiving for anyone out there who isn't even clear on what that means, it's like someone tells you, oh, I love your shirt. And you're like, oh, this thing, no, 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 I got it, you know, on sale six years ago and I ran it over it with my car, but no, it's okay. Rather than just taking it in and you could say something as simple as thank you, or you could be like, yeah, I love this shirt too, right? Like receiving and thank you often can be a deflection Um, And I have even realized that 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 is a challenge for me. Why is it such a challenge for us
1: to receive? Hmm. I think it's such a challenge because we weren't taught how to receive,
0: Hmm.
1: right? It's not in our culture to receive, right? We're taught growing up it's better to give than receive. Right. And somehow, in tra- I think in translation, after thousands and thousands of years, it got misinterpreted and that it's better to give and receive because you cannot give from depletion. Right. Right. I always think of like a gas tank, that if your gas tank is empty, your car does not go. Yeah, it doesn't go. And then eventually it gets sick. Yeah. And... <laughs> Eventually, you're going to have to receive, but it's usually receiving medical care
0: Mm. because
1: you're not taking care of yourself. And receiving, practicing receiving is a practice. So it goes to the second definition of self-love. So self-love is a path, a practice, and a choice, right? It's not like, oh, today I'm going to love myself, magical pill, now I love myself. No, it's a path, it's a journey, mm-hmm. and it's a practice. So just like any aspect of self-love is a practice, practicing receiving is a practice. It's it's an art, the art of receiving. And the best way to receive from others, right, to receive support, is to practice asking yourself, and this is like one of my favorite self-love practices, it's key to anything that we do at the Path of Self-Love School, is to do a very simple practice. It takes less than a minute, which is, again, closing your eyes and putting your hand on your heart. This is your inner wisdom position. So being able to access your inner wisdom or inner guidance, your loving truth inside of you. You can do this every day before you even get out of bed. And just ask your your heart, your inner wisdom, what do I need to receive today? And no matter what time you're listening to this, you can even ask yourself, what do I need right now? And just take a breath and just listen if you can hear like a whisper of your inner wisdom. What do I need to receive right now? And listen if you hear anything. And if you haven't been having conversations with your inner wisdom, chances are you might not hear anything and that's okay. And you get to make something up. What would you love to receive? So Mm -hmm. the first thing that came Mm -hmm. to me was sunshine, Mm. right? And so you, you practice asking yourself what you need and then promising yourself that you're going to receive it today. So I just heard sunshine. So after this interview, I'm going to go and get some sunshine, put some sun on my face. Mm. I heard rest, mm. right, and which is something that I resist.
0: You know, I've heard that phrase, what you resist persists, and that is so true, right, and I resist getting rest because I'm like, no, I have more to do. I've got another thing to do, but when, you're, when your body needs rest, you need rest, and when you don't, that's when you get sick, as you were saying, right? I love this beautiful practice, and then the key, of course, is giving it to yourself, so, you said that there were three aspects. It's a path, number one. It's a practice.
1: Yes, and the last one, it's a choice. So, self love mm. is a choice that you make or don't make in every moment of your life. You're either making self loving choices. Well, I'm not going to do like, I don't want to be duality, this or that, but. When we're living in our day-to-day life, we have so many old patterns and old stories and outdated operating systems inside of us that tend to lean, if we're not intentional, to self-sabotaging habits or self-sacrificing habits or Mm self-neglect. And so self-love is that moment when you choose a self-loving action or a self-loving thought or have a self-loving feeling over the fear and the shame and the blame and the criticism and the pressure. And it's making that moment and choosing choosing that self-love action. And it doesn't mean that that criticism, that self-criticism or that inner critic or what we call the school, your inner mean girl doesn't show up, right? It doesn't mean that your inner critic isn't going to be... It goes away for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, but I used to think that, oh,
0: once I study this, it's never going to... It's going to be gone forever. I'm never going to say mean things to myself again. And that is... I'm waiting for that day, and it's been six or seven years for me, so... <laughs> yes.
1: So people... Um, so women come to me and say... you know They want to work with me, and they say, how do I kill my inner critic mm. or if they or how do I kill my inner mean girl mm-hmm. and i say well you know i have good news but you don't kill your inner mean girl you don't kill your inner critic you don't kill that negative mean voice in your head you love it mm. you love it mm-hmm. with all your heart you know, and people are like, what? I don't want to love that inner voice. She's a, you know, she's so mean and she's so critical. She's ruining my life. I'm not going to send her love. But that inner critic and that inner mean girl inside of you is craving love, is craving your attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's there trying to be seen because underneath that voice, there is a need that's not getting met or there's a fear that is stuck inside of your body. And so the best thing to do is to just to be still and like literally sometimes as if I'm cradling a baby, Mm -hmm. just loving this part of me that's scared of being seen or scared of rejection or scared that I'm going to make a fool out of myself. And just love on that part of me. And just inviting you to just love. And it's a practice. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a practice and it's a choice. And sometimes in the world of self love, some of our practices might seem silly, but they work. Right. It's so
0: interesting. I was just on a teaching a class yesterday where self compassion came up, and I suggested to everyone in the class. To, it was online to hug themselves because we weren't in person. Someone said, "Oh, I wish that we were in person to be able to hug each other." And I said, "Well, we can do a group hug. Wrap your arms around yourself." You know, and I started to rub, you know, gently rub my shoulder. In my family, my mom, my grandma, if they, you know, they would call it making nice. They would make nice to me. So I said, "Well, it's making nice." to yourself and and I actually learned this from the top researcher on self-compassion Kristen Neff. I went to one of her workshops and she said find a place that feels tender. Like that you know some people really like gentle touch on their face and some people really like gentle touch on their leg. And so whatever that is for you. And at first, so I say this on the call yesterday and at first everyone's looking at me like that is too weird. I can't just do that, you know, in the middle of my office or wherever I am. And so I love what you're saying, that sometimes it might seem silly or it might seem like one of my practices is to get up and dance. And that might seem silly, and that's why we have to do it. Because what I'm hearing you say, and, and I know the way that I, I talk about inner critic and teach it, is that this is a younger part of you, right? That maybe you were rejected, you were never picked for the, you know, softball club in gym class or whatever and so that part of you is afraid to to try to put yourself out there again and um, because that 10 year old still resides inside of you and that 10 year old is the one who gets self-critical and she's the one who needs your love you know and that or you you know your first heartbreak and so now you are full of shame because of whatever happened in your first heartbreak so that's the 15 year old inside of you that needs love and that's where I love what you're saying Stace it's Going back and loving that part of you um, and being kind and compassionate with the younger you that created the, ch- the the voice.
1: Yeah, exactly. And at the Path of Self-Love School, we call this um, having love cracks. Hmm. And love cracks happen. Even if you, know, you had, had parents or you're a parent and you're trying to protect your children from love cracks, Love cracks happen, like you say, a first breakup or being rejected. Love cracks just happen. And last night, we we had a class. I, I taught a, a class called How Children Learn to Love Themselves. And it was this concept of like when we were younger, we had love cracks. We didn't know we had them. And there were part of our heart that cracked open and Fear and shame and blame, criticism, pressure moved in. Mm, mm -hmm. And now, all these years later, all these years later, we are slowing down. We are embracing self-love and we're choosing to fill those love cracks with love. Mm. And just imagine a world where the next generation learns self-love. We weren't taught this. So the next generation that's growing up and their children learn about love cracks. So when they have a love crack at age 10, at age 15, they have the tools in that moment to fill those cracks with self-love. So they don't have to wait until they're 30, 40, 50, 60, to fill those cracks.
0: It, it is so important. It's so brilliant that you're teaching this. I mean, we have so much bullying. We wouldn't need bullying. Bullying only happens because a kid feels insecure and so they pick on another kid. You know, we wouldn't have, maybe we wouldn't have kids taking guns into schools. I mean, it seems like this is such an imperative
1: and you're teaching this class. W- tell us more about it. What is it? Yeah, so it's a six-part course called Raising Children to Love Themselves. It starts May first and it's it gives me the, the chills just thinking about um, that this is coming into form. So this has been a dream for a, a dream seed for several years. And the idea that parents, it could be moms and dads, it can be grandparents, aunts and uncles, caregivers, anyone who is a parent or a guardian or has influence over children in their lives who want to teach them practical and fun and easy ways to weave self-love into your parenting or your conversations with children. So it's Raising Children to Love Themselves, and it's really about, it's a class, well, it's a course that helps parents really learn the language, right? So as children, we didn't have the language to talk about our feelings. I didn't even have space Mm. to talk about my feelings, right? I was kind of told to suck it up. Um, So having the language to be able to communicate with your children and having your own self-awareness of where are you strong in self-love and where are you weak. So it's not, do I love myself? Don't I love myself? It's not yes, no. It's where are you weak? In self love, and where are you strong, and then beginning to be able to assess where your children are currently weak and strong, so you know where to focus. Hmm. And then we're going to be sharing very simple tools, like a simple tools. What I've already shared, you know, even asking yourself, right, what do I need to receive today? Like a tool, and you can do this if you're a mom, listening. You can ask your one of your children tonight when you're putting them to bed. Just asking them, what do they need? What do you need right now? Hmm. Right? Not like my son like needs a Nintendo Switch and all the video games. Right? <laughs> Not like what his ego needs. Like what, is, what does your heart need right now? Hmm. Right? So it's just a, an example. And then I think one of the most important pieces is that we're going to teach, how do you model self-love? Oh, this is so important. And I'm so,
0: I'm so, so, so glad you're doing this. I was invited a couple of years ago. A woman heard me on the radio, and she emailed me, and she said, my 12-year-old already has an eating disorder. Will you please come? I will gather my friends and their daughters. Will you please come do an event? And I said, absolutely. So I drove out somewhere in New Jersey to this woman's house, and she was incredible. She gathered more than 50 people together, moms and daughters of all different ages, and I did this two-hour Um, workshop where the moms and daughters shared their the truth of the meanest things that they say to themselves and then mirroring back for each other what they see and all it was so loving and it was so healing and so empowering and then afterwards everyone went to eat right snacks so there were all these snacks in the kitchen and as I was walking um, into the kitchen one of the moms was standing by the mirror and going oh my god my thighs look so fat and nobody was around. Like it was, I had gone back into the into the living room to get a piece of paper or something. I don't remember. And so she probably didn't even know that I was there. She may have thought she was alone. My hunch is that it was so unconscious. It's just something that she says probably every time she looks in the mirror. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know. And I not, no judgment toward her because God knows I say things to myself, and maybe I say them out loud, and maybe others would be influenced if they heard that but this is what's so important i love what you're saying with the role modeling i then saw this dove video that showed i don't know if you've seen this moms and their daughters and they're separated and first they'll ask the moms what they love about themselves and what they don't love about themselves and you'll see a mom say oh my nose is too big or oh i have a big butt and then they'll ask these little girls totally separate sequestered room you know who are nine or ten or twelve years old Tell us what you love about your body and what you don't. And the the girl whose mom hated her nose, the girl said, oh, my nose is too big. The girl whose mom hated her butt said, my butt is too big. And they were like 10 years old. So this role modeling is so important. Yes. Maybe the most important thing we can do.
1: Yes, we were just talking about this. There is a direct correlation between where you are strong in self-love and where you're weak in self-love and where your children are going to be strong in self-love and weak in self-love. And the great news is that self-love is a path, a practice, and a choice. Mm. And so you can learn really simple, really simple yet powerful transformational tools and practices to shift, or not to shift, to strengthen your Mm self-love foundation mm oh my gosh. This is so, so, so important. And um, so where, where does someone find out about this program? So you can find out about it at teachkidsselflove.com.
0: Oh, so simple. I love it. Teachkidsselflove.com. So one of the things you just said really intrigued me. You said you were not raised with the language. Uh, in fact, you said you weren't raised, and I... I Full disclosure, Stacy and I are really good friends, um, so I know that emotion was just not really talked about. So how did you get here? Mm. I mean, I know your story, and I want others to know, like, how does someone become an expert in self-love when you start from a emotions are not okay and self-critical place? How do you end up
1: teaching self-love? Yeah, great question. I, I, I feel compelled to add, because I know my mom won't be listening. Love you, mom, if you are. But my mom <laughs> has hated, I love you too. my mm-hmm. mom has hated her neck her entire life. I just went to visit her last month, and every time there's a mirror, ooh, my neck. And guess how I feel about my neck? Mm. My inner mean girl complains about my neck every chance she gets, and then I have to just calm her down and think, say, well, we love our neck because my neck... Puts my head on my body. Thank you. Thank you, neck. But I'm programmed. Right. I'm programmed to hate my neck. Right. It's ridiculous. And so true. And so true. So how... I'm going to compliment your neck now every time I see you. Oh, my inner me girl won't believe you. But thank (laughs) you. I will receive. I will receive. So how did I get here? I got here because I got the handbook that was called Conventional wisdom that i was supposed to follow conventional wisdom which was go to college, get a job, get married, get a bigger job, buy a house, have a kid, get a better job, get a better house, have a second child and then you will be you will be happy. And so that is what i was told. And so anytime i said, well, maybe i want to do this and maybe i want to do that, um it was not encouraged. There was fear around it. Well, if you do that, you know, how are you going to be married, and have kids, and have a house? How are you going to have health insurance? How are you going to have health insurance? How are you going to pay for yourself? How are you, you going to live? Yes. And so I said, okay. And I I did all of that. I went to college. I got a job. I got a better job. I got married. I had my kids. I got a better job and a bigger house. And was making more money than I ever thought was possible. And it was the first time that I really heard my inner wisdom crying out for help. Mm. And the words I heard was that your soul is starving. Mm. Mm. And I mean, I wasn't someone that was really into souls or reading books about maybe the seat of your soul, maybe because that was like a bestseller. Um, but I was like, I had just this moment where I looked at my life and realized that I was starving my soul and on a path that was eventually going to because disease, mm. if not worse. Mm. Mm. And I knew something had to change. And it was it was really my job. My, my job was sucking the life out of me, and I knew this is not where I'm supposed to be. And I had no idea how to how to make any movement because every time I tried to figure out how I can leave my job, I did the math, and it looked like we wouldn't have health insurance, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I was the breadwinner. And then I was listening to a Catella summit and Christina Rilo was being interviewed. And I don't know what she said, but it made me respond by sending her an email. And she responded back saying, I'm going to be in Chicago next week. Do you want to have breakfast? <laughs> and we had breakfast. How amazing is that? And I asked her to be my first uh, social media client, which was kind of my way out of corporate America. And she was launching Self-Love Day. And so I started working with her and learning about self-love. And it was just like everything that I heard was like, yes, 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 mm. yes. Like, are you taking care, care of yourself? Are you getting what you need? Are you being compassionate with yourself? Are you expressing yourself? I was not expressing myself. Mm. I, I didn't even think I had permission to speak my truth back then. Right. So it's not that you were saying yes to all those questions. It's that
0: as she asked these questions, your soul said, yes, that's what I need. I need that compassion. I need that expression. I need that forgiveness.
1: Yeah, it it was as if I had been living under a rock mm-hmm. my whole life, yes, having the wrong conversations. Yes, yes. So and, well said. And this was... I didn't know it was like the first couple of steps on my path, but it was a path back to myself, and it was it was like this opening, that said, "Stacy, what does your heart and soul desire? Stacy, why are you here?" Hmm. And it was the beginning of my of of my path of slowing down to really be able to listen to my inner wisdom and strengthen my self-trust. We live in a world where everyone is telling us what we should do, right? The media, social media, the, the amount of information that's coming at us, everything tells us we don't know what's best for us. Buy this product. You don't know what's best for you, right? go to this doctor, whatever it might be. And the truth is, the only person who knows what's best for you is you. Hmm. And so self-love is a path to slow down and listen to your truth and to trust that no matter what. And this is why I think it's so linked to purpose. Hmm. Because if you are not... Still, and you are not connected to your inner truth, and you don't have the tools to trust your inner wisdom and your inner guidance, you could accidentally be living someone else's purpose. And a lot of us do. That is so, thank you. That is so profoundly said.
0: Because we are, we're living the purpose other people
1: told us to live. Or, Someone else's fear. Yes. I was living my mom's fear. You better get married and have kids and have a house because that's what success is, Stacy, and that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Which all love for mom, that's what she learned. Yes. And that's what society
0: told her. And that's... Yes. So it's not blaming. No. It's that that's what's been passed down from generation to generation and... I love that, I don't know if we're the first generation, but it seems like at least in mass, we're the first generation saying, okay, but this doesn't feel right. I did the thing that I was supposed to do and it doesn't feel right. And what I'm so inspired by your story is that you actually listened. When you heard your soul crying out to you, you listened. When you, it's like we get these nudges right? Your soul spoke to you and you listened for a moment and you thought, well, I can't leave my job. I can't health insurance, right? And then you heard about this teleseminar and you listened. And then you heard this one person speak, Christina Rilo, and you made a phone, you made an email. And so it's like those nudges, right? And we all receive those nudges. And it's really just a matter of listening to them and taking action on them. And those are all small steps. It wasn't like you immediately quit your job. You took the small step of the seminar. You took the small step of the calling her. You took the small. And, and that is how you love yourself enough to actually live your purpose. Because taking each of those steps is living on purpose.
1: Yes. Yeah, You remember Oprah once said that if you don't listen to the whispers of your heart, eventually that whisper will become a brick on your head. Yes. I went to a
0: to an event where she spoke live and she told this story. Were you at the same event? St. Louis? No, New York. But <laughs> I went, but maybe she was doing New a your tour live tour. tour. Yes. yes. Oh my god, we both saw this. This is so funny. We've never discussed it. And yes, and she said, first it will be a pebble on your head and then it will be, you know, a small rock on your head and you kind of brush it off and <laughs> actually it's a ton of bricks on your head and that's when we end up I know for me I wasn't listening and ended up with shingles you know at 34 years old even though I was a healthy marathon runner and and eventually the the gunpoint which if you haven't heard that you know please listen to the first episode um listen back to a call and where I talk about how that was my ton of bricks right being robbed at gunpoint Stacey, I cannot thank you enough. Self-love is absolutely the foundation of purpose. They are so intertwined. It's why I love connecting with you. I love hanging out with you. I love doing this work together with you. And as we move forward, I love this framework for self-love, that it is a path, it is a practice, and it is a choice. And for people who want any of you out, there, who are like, Yes, yes, yes. How do I get on that path? What are more practices?
1: How do I make this choice? How should people get in contact with you? Sure, they can reach me over email at stacy at org So it's org, O R G, and it's Stacy with an E. Yes, Stacy with an E. They can also go to my website, which is soulalignmentliving.com. Awesome. So any of you out there, go to
0: soulalignmentliving.com. And again, Stacy is launching this incredible course to teach you how to raise your kids with self-love, to teach you, give you the language for you to start using, to give you the tools to start using immediately, to show you how to role model that. And I have been witness I know Stacy's kids really well and they're two boys these are two self-loving boys not arrogant just self-loving meaning that they are compassionate with themselves and they know their own gifts and strengths and talents and see that in others as well that course is starting May 1st with Stacy, so check out the show notes and you can get the link to sign up for the course or get more information here are your three purpose power tips for today number one Self-love is treating yourself the way that you would treat your dog, the way you treat a plant that you love. Send it inward. Number two, receiving is so important. Let yourself receive compliments. Let people tell you that your eyes are beautiful. Let people tell you that your new dress is gorgeous. Receive it, take it in, and allow yourself to actually believe it. And step number three, be the role model that you want to be. Whether you have kids or not, We are the role models for every single person around us. In fact, the best way to live on purpose is to be kind, is to be inspirational, is to be the woman that you were born to be around other people and let your energy be contagious. That's possibly the most self-loving thing, the most purposeful thing that you can do. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please, 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 please Rate it, review it, tell me how much you love it. Download this episode, download every episode, and subscribe to it. The more of us who rate it, review it, download, and subscribe to it, the more women will find it, and we will build our community of women living on purpose, taking a stand that our happiness matters. And of course, if you want more from me, go to purposegirl.com. My free Living on Purpose guide is there. And it's my honor to serve you. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much to Stacy. Love you so much. May you live purposefully. May you love yourself. And may you love life. Bye for now.